So hello and welcome to the West Midlands People podcast with myself Ashley Wright and my colleague John Morris, both from Westray Recruitment Group. And today's guest, we have the pleasure of speaking with Helen Crooks from Right People HR. Hello, Helen. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so, Helen, um, over to you. Would you like to introduce yourself and your business? Yes, of course. Well, firstly, thank you very much for uh, inviting me to chat to you today. It's uh, really good to, to do that. So, uh, yes, my business is Right People HR, uh, Right being W-R-I-G-H-T. And our philosophy is it's a very, 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 very simple one. If we've got the right people in place, then, you know, that opens the door to, to success. Um, get the right people in place and it's a joy. Get the wrong people and it's just one problem after another. So um, I've been in business for a long time now. My um, background is in logistics. So I've been recruiting people for around, ooh, coming up to 30 years now. And um, so I've made lots of good decisions and um, quite a few bad ones as well. So it's uh, just about homing in the best, the best ways of getting the right people on the right seats. And then once they're in there, developing them within the business. And that's what we do at Right People. It's about uh, being that HR partner so that when you've got the right people in the right seat, then it's how we can develop those people, how we can improve their performance, how they can grow and how basically the, the, the company can grow with those people in it making sure that those people are valued, making sure that they're adding value and that um, everything's just in place, doing the right things at the right time and problems are going to happen. Uh, but it's it's actually making sure that we address those problems when they happen. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of phone calls I get are from people who say, I've got this issue with so-and-so in accounts and um, we don't know what to what to do. So I say, well, how long have you had this issue? And they say, oh, for about eight years. <laughs> and it's like, well, why haven't you addressed it? And people just don't like to address things and they just mm -hmm. like to let things carry on. And then, then you end up with a problem. So, uh, you know, it's about just having the right processes and the right procedures in place mm -hmm. so that um, when something does go astray, which it's going to from time to time, then you've got uh, the right tools mm -hmm. to get the people back on track. So, and I think that's really interesting. And I think especially now, given the situation that all of us are in with regards to COVID, I can imagine that there are a lot of businesses that are having more problems with their staff. And especially now, that majority of businesses are working from home. Um, so there's the added pressure of managing remote workforces as opposed to having your staff in front of you on a day-to-day -day basis. And sometimes in that situation, it can be easier to manage those problems, I suppose. So from your experience, Helen, and with the businesses that you've been working with recently, how would you advise is the best way to go about managing a remote workforce? Well, that, that's a really good question because, I mean, I work with lots and lots of businesses all across the West Midlands and, and beyond. And um, they're all very different as well. So from creative design agencies to construction to 
to architects to it's, it's, it's just absolutely everything that we get involved with and so it's really interesting to see how different people have reacted but the one thing that is happening and I think this is pretty much across all businesses is that when Covid obviously kicked in a, almost a year ago now everyone um, panicked a little bit everyone was sent home and everyone coped because you do when you're thrown into a situation you, you do cope but for the first full, well, more or less up until to date, really, every, everyone's been really focused around the, the COVID situation, the coronavirus, people got coronavirus, working from home policies sorted. And that was all fine. And that's what businesses had to do. But what I've found is that the, the regular things that they were doing beforehand have actually slipped back a little bit. So things like the review process or the one-to-one -one process or giving um, a very frequent feedback, whether that be positive or negative, that all seemed to stop um, because people were firefighting against getting the, you know, just, just dealing with the situation that they were faced with. And that's understandable. But what's happened is the, the normal things which are just generally happen day to day, things like, um, you know, absenteeism or we've had lots of disciplinary issues or we've had gross misconduct issues all those things have continued to happen mm -hmm. so what's really really important is the engagement of staff so absolutely making sure that you've got you've got the staff engaged I know it's a little bit more difficult and it's a little bit you know it's, you've got to be more creative in the way that you do that but it's, it is possible and it can be done. And those companies that have come through this and are actually doing really well, have managed to combine doing the everyday, but also being able to firefight with what's going on as well. So yeah. but I think, you know, the reviews, I've spoken to some companies and they've said, well, we haven't really done a review since last February because it's been really difficult. Yes, it is difficult. And it's not as, it's not as natural doing it on Zoom, but mm -hmm. it is but actually it's been more important over the last 12 months to be doing it than it probably has been before mm -hmm. so those yeah. companies who are really strong really doing well are doing the regular one-to-ones they're doing the reviews um there was a little bit of a reprieve in the middle of the year wasn't there when some offices did go back um and and that was good but um you know there's so many other things that you can be doing but it's really important mm. to keep routine of one-to-ones reviews appraisals um and, and all the social things as well i mean obviously the you know the the old water cooler situations and, and conversations that used to have aren't really happening but a lot of companies are just having um, an hour a week where you just log in on zoom or something and you and you have a chat because that's really important but um yeah the the everyday stuff is still going on and then there's all been all the added things as well. So it's just really important to try and get that balance. Yeah, I, I agree, Helen. I think because everyone went into like a crisis response. Yeah. We're in uncharted waters. Um, and I think it's just given people time to reflect a little bit. And like you say, reboot, re-engage with your staff. Um, and I suppose for, for a couple of points, really, for, from a business perspective and for, I suppose, from a mental health perspective, Absolutely. that's obviously very high on the agenda at the moment. So... Um, I think that a lot of companies will, will look at the workforce strategies a lot differently going forward. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what do, you, do you see? Um, do you see uh, any any positives or challenges that we that will have potentially coming up in terms of um, the availability of skill sets out there? 
think um, I think there's two sides to that, really. I think going forward, um, you touched on the mental health thing there, which I yeah. think is really important. And a lot of a lot of the problems that we're getting, a lot of the the challenges that we've got at the moment is some people have really taken to being at home, working from home, and um, they absolutely love it. And in that, you've got two categories. You've got those people who have just worked and worked and worked and can't leave the laptop because it's always there. And they've probably worked way more hours than they would normally. And then you've got the other people who have done their set hours and really enjoyed having that flexibility because they haven't had the computer or whatever. So you've got the two sets there, those who have worked a lot harder and those who have actually got quite a nice balance so i think um for those people coming back into work it's going to be for both sets it's going to be really difficult because you you get into a habit don't you and they say 30 days changes a habit so it's been it's going to be in excess of 12 months so i think we've got a lot of issues around us anxiety at the moment so we've got those who are worried because um they might have been on furlough for a prolonged uh, amount of time now and they're worried about does the business still want them back and are, can they still do have they still got the skills that they need have things moved on have things changed so there's a lot of anxiety around that and then there's also the people who um so they're anxious about going back to work and then there's also people who are anxious about, you know, whether there's still job, a job there for them. So, you know, there's a lot of anxiety around this, a lot at the moment. And um, I've just done a course in um, mental health first aid because I just felt that I was in situations that I just needed to be better equipped for. Um, so where I think, I think a lot of people have to, haven't they? They're so worried yeah. about what they can say, what they can't say. These conversations are difficult. So, um, you know, what we're in encouraging is for to get some champion, mental health champions within yeah. the business and to have a real cross section of the business as well. So not not really for the MDs or the senior management team to do it, but to have people across the business so that whoever it is feels that they can relate to somebody within the business. So. We're doing quite a lot of that at the moment and training the champions about, you know, how, how do you, if someone says to you, I'm, I'm struggling or I'm worried about this, how do you open that conversation? Because it's a bit of a, but a lot of it is around, you know, skill sets and things, because we've had to learn to do things differently. Yeah. And because, you know, um, we are doing things in a different way. Some people are worried that, have they got the skill set now? Have things moved on? Have things changed? So that that is an issue. So what would you recommend then that, so if I think of businesses who have placed staff on furlough for a prolonged period of time and they're preparing to bring those staff members back into the workplace, what would you recommend that businesses need to be doing now in preparation for their staff to return in order to I suppose ease any concerns that they may have regarding do I still have the skill set? Has the business moved? Can I still do the job? Because I suppose businesses are going to have to start thinking about that now and preparing for that rather than on day one of their, their staff coming back, then thinking, oh God, 
right what should what what should we be doing so what should businesses be thinking about now in order to to ease that process for them well now is exactly the time to be doing something about it because obviously you know restrictions are starting to ease and i think you know that the thing with the schools going back that started to open that door hasn't it and i think from the end of march um the government was saying that they're going to look at that um the work from home if you if, you know they're going to drop that so really really important then we've got the easter break and a lot of the businesses i'm working with at the moment are this week and next week sort of putting together um a notification to go out to all staff to say that we're going to be talking to you all individually over the next week or so um to to see how they're feeling and just to um you know communicate to them what the what the plans are for the business because i think most people are trying to get them back around the middle of june and that 24th of june is the magic magic date isn't it mm -hmm. um, that, that that people are looking to get back to some sort of normality but i think what's really important here is to look at a phased return and what I think we need to do is try because some some things has worked really well, and a lot of businesses have thought actually I do get a lot of product if they've if they've managed it correctly and they've engaged correctly, their productivity uh, with people working from home has probably gone up, and you know they've worked really really well. Uh, they've probably added more value. Um, it's been from a cost point of view they haven't had the office costs and some businesses are actually looking to reduce the sizes of their offices and then have sort of hybrid working situation so you might have someone working from home two or three days a week a week and then back into the office others are thinking well actually the day-to-day -day can be done at home but we you know we'll have traction meetings we'll have um certain meetings throughout the week so we're bringing people in um but actually we're letting them go off so i think it's really important to harness what's worked really well and use that to their advantage um but at the same time i think you've got to take on board the um the opinions and the anxieties of, of the staff a phased return is is the best way to go really so it's um you know not saying and I've had this, people saying, I've had a call from my manager and he wants me back on Monday and I'm not mentally prepared for that. I do get that because um, it has been a long time and people have got into very different habits. Um, but, you, you know, you sort of put yourself back 12 months ago and you just went to the office every day. And how, how quickly, really? I know it, it has been a long time in many respects, but in, the, in, in another respect, it's been the blink of an eye and mm. a lot has changed. So I think, you know, getting people in on a gradual basis, talking to them, finding out, you know, how they're feeling about it, what's worked well, what's not worked so well, what do they, what do they think the advantages are from being at home, what the advantages of being in the office, and try and get um, some sort of mix um, and to make sure that you are mixing groups of people as well. Mm -hmm. so, you know, that you, you perhaps have a um you might have a production meeting where you just have your production meeting but then i think it's important then to bring other people in as well so that you can you, you can get that blend going on but mm. it's really important to start looking at it now because phase return you know takes a little time so if you start looking at it from sort of the beginning of april i would have thought that then by the beginning of june 
you, you're getting something which is quite fluid. Yeah. Um, if people have got particular anxieties about it, then you've got the time. Some people will just come back in and they can't wait to get back in because they love the office environment. They love being with other people. And other people have obviously taken a very different view of it. So it's just getting, I think, what, what the problem is, is people have become very not selfish is the right word but they've called me and said but I can work from home and I can do my job from home. yes you can and I appreciate that and obviously you have done it but actually is it is it the right thing for the business mm-hmm. so what we're trying here is we're trying it's a balancing act we're trying to balance what's right for the individual we're trying to balance what what the um, instructions are from the government and are you doing the right thing and you know in terms of your responsibility as a business and also has the business the business might be able to survive with people being at home but is it thriving you know it's got is it is everybody adding the value that they can add or can we get more out of it and at the end of the day it's going to be what the business needs mm-hmm. it's working with the individuals to make sure that we can just you know get this and I've had over the past four or five weeks people on a phased return and I had one lady last week and she was I can't go back I can't go back you know this is really this is really worrying me and I rang her on Friday and I said how are you feeling she says I'm really excited she says I've got my head around it mm-hmm. She's I've thought about it and you know so it does work but it yeah. <clears throat> be a bit frustrating for mm. you know on you look at it from the MD side and they just want people back in as soon yeah. as possible so it, it is and it's it's about re-educating everybody um so it's it's a process talking about talking about skill sets as well I think more more there's going to be an element of companies are going to focus less on the roles themselves and more of the skills of the workers. And I think that, that is a positive light. That'll give more opportunity for workers to develop skills um, to further enhance other opportunities within the businesses. Have you come across anything like that in your in your line of work? Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, um, things have changed. People have changed. People have had to look at doing things differently. They've picked up different skills, realised that they might, they might have even had time for training and doing completely different yeah. things. So, you know, I think that's been really, really important. And a lot of people have taken this time to either retrain or, you know, perhaps had the time to look at something else that they've always wanted to do, but just haven't had the time. So I think that's really, really important, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely yeah we were actually just having that conversation with uh with Raka who we interviewed on a previous episode uh of the podcast because she went from um a very corporate business development sales background into will writing and inheritance tax um very very different but we spoke about that then and <clears throat> excuse me a positive I suppose from COVID is people who have unfortunately either been made redundant or they've been put on furlough or the business or whatever might have happened, it's given people an opportunity to think, do you know what, I've done what I've done for 20 years, I'm a bit fed up with it, let's look at something else. So there are positives to come out of it as well. Absolutely. I think people have taken this time to reassess and mm-hmm. is 
actually what I want to do or it's given people that time to look at you know what what they see themselves doing in the future so mm-hmm. I think that's really really positive mm-hmm. um, and you know I think for businesses as well on that side that it's given them chance to say okay well perhaps we need to do things differently or perhaps we need to change things within mm-hmm. the business so yeah there's been a lot of positives I think and there's right. been the negative side as well um but um you know we've um I, I, I just think we do don't we we cope and we do oh. change and you can change mm-hmm. uh, it will come more natural to some people obviously I've been doing quite a lot of psychometric testing as well because I do, I do that in recruitment and also when in reviews so and and behaviors and and fits and I mean you've probably come across this with recruitment how how important it is to get the right behavior and to get the right fit into the business because actually the skill set you you can train that and you you can influence that but you can't really influence the behavior that Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. so um and I've noticed there's been a lot of change in behavior as well Mm-hmm. just going back to to what you said before about businesses who are bringing staff back and um getting staff to come back on a phased return now and I know you did mention as well that you've had calls from some people who have said I'm not mentally ready to go back etc but at the same time it is what's right for the business how do you advise businesses go about managing that process with their staff who may not be ready to come back and are saying well I've proved that I can do my job from home because that's something else that's just another obstacle I suppose to overcome as well and and I get it's difficult for businesses if they're trying to manage the mental health aspect of staff and manage their anxieties but at the same time the business is paying their wages so how, how should that process be managed and I suppose what rights do business owners have when it comes to managing that process it is really really difficult and you know the the vast majority of business owners do want the people back um i think you know they they do see that there are advantages and you know it has worked and i think most people have understood that but I would say the vast majority of people that we're working with, they want the people back in the office. Now, I would say it's a small percentage of people that don't want to go back because, again, the vast majority do or do at least on a on a on a split basis. But I've got two or three cases at the moment where the people are saying I am not going back. Mm. And that is where the problem is. So. So it's um, it's about compromise. Mm-hmm. It's about compromise, and I think you know, um, from a legal point of view, you know, if someone's been there for more than six months, they can put in a request for flexible working. So, but that by you know definition, it is flexible. That's not I'm just going to work from home all the time. So, and it always comes back to the business case. You know, will this fit the business needs? Um, so I think given what's happened in the pandemic and how it's affected people very differently, um, it is a massive headache for employees at the moment. And we, I do have one case where somebody's just refusing to go back into the office. So, um, it's, we're in the, the, you know, the, the MDs having to really, it's frustrating. 
it's really frustrating because as you say the business is paying their wages mm -hmm. they're not it's not that they're not working it's just that what more could we get out of them so yeah. so and it's about also it's not just about that person it's about how they affect their team as well and that's where I found that it's been easier to start the conversation so it's not just about your little bit of what you you do it's how your little bit then affects the rest of the team and I think when they understand that it's you know affecting their work colleagues then it's an easier conversation because in some conversations you've got the MD and you've got the employee and you've got a bit of a gulf in between so I think um I, I do think that once lockdown has completely finished and obviously the vaccination um, program has been rolled out and more people are feeling a bit more confident I think it will get easier mm -hmm. but I think you know at the moment it is very much about um, both sides having to understand where each person's coming from and it's about talking and it's trying to break down what are the what are the worries um, what are the anxieties and just sort of working through it but it is very very tricky um, phase returns as I said before that's the best way it's like well come in for a day and then come in for two days and then you know but at the end of the day the business it, it's down to what the business needs mm -hmm. and the business case is that you know you need the people in then ultimately you will need those people in so it's going to be it's not going to be an easy road no. um at all but lots of talking lots of um being open mm -hmm. and also i think you know getting so i'm, I'm doing a lot of this because because i'm outsourced I can, I can see both sides but i can be a little bit more impartial as well mm -hmm. uh, whereas the md's seeing it from his side and the workers seeing it from their side yeah. I'm doing so, not counselling, but a lot of these types of conversations. We went from a, four weeks ago, somebody not coming back at all, um, to now building up, doing mornings in the office and then working mm. from the afternoon. So it's about progress, but mm. probably won't happen overnight. It's about yeah. patient. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, with the right conversations and the right interventions at the right time, it can be achieved. I think there's just a lot of nervousness around it. And I know especially from, <clears throat> excuse me, from our perspective, when we've had people working from home and trying to bring them back in. And you, it is difficult to manage those anxieties and that other people are feeling because you don't know what's going on in their personal lives a lot of the time. And I mean, from my perspective, I've never really been anxious about COVID because um, I've just thought you've just got to keep on, you've just got to keep on going through it. So, and I suppose I can be, uh, maybe I've been a little bit insensitive in the past because I haven't personally been affected by COVID and have been worried by it. Um, so it is difficult because for business leaders, you have to change your mindset as well in order to, to be able to help the staff that you've got. Um, and I know from my perspective, that's something that I've struggled with. Um, and I know as well, I think sometimes when you run in a business, sometimes you feel as though employees have more rights than the employer and being able to manage that as well so I guess that's why I wanted to ask that question so employers know where it is exactly that they stand because I think with 
managing staff and having a workforce, you never quite know who is in the right and who is in the wrong, if you should, if you, if you yeah. want a better phrase. You do. And, you know, with the, um, I mean, I can remember two years ago, people putting in flexible working requests and it was, it was a no really, because they were saying, no, we need you in the office. And there's one company who I, I was saying to them, look, you know, you're creative designers, you're, you've got these developers, they can, could be as effective. They don't yeah. need to be active, they, they could be as effective they get elsewhere. And the MD was like, no, no. He's now one of the people who are considering just having a office for meetings, yeah. and everyone work from home. He's in a complete shift in mindset. But the mindset is really important and it's about this frame of reference and it's about your window on the world. And, you know, you do have a window and you do have a lens that you look through. And, you know, it's about how you, it goes back to upbringing and beliefs and it could be education, it could be all sorts. And I'm sure, you know, we've all had people come to us and they've said, well, I'm stressed about this. And you do, you do judge and mm -hmm. you think, how can they be stressed? They haven't got half as much on. I'm doing this, this, and this, and this. That's because we've got a different lens and we're looking at it. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard about the stress container, but no. everyone's got a stress container. It's like a, it's like a funnel. Some people have got large stress containers. Other people have got very narrow ones. But what it is, everything goes in the top and then everything should eventually come out mm -hmm. the bottom. But sometimes those coping mechanisms, which open up the bottom of the funnel, aren't working correctly. And that's probably mm. what's at large here with a lot of people with these who've got the anxieties. So you've generally got your MD who's got a fairly large stress container because there's a lot of stress going on within a business. And they're used to having it piled in. Then you might have someone who's, you know, on the face of it, doesn't seem to have um, that many issues or that many things to juggle. But at the end of the day, if their container's not opening, if, if mm. their coping mechanisms aren't opening, their problem is as big as anybody else's. Yeah. So it's trying to listen non-judgmentally. <laughs> and that's really hard. That's probably the hardest thing to do. So do you think it's important then for business owners, directors, managers to be having these conversations during the one-to-ones with their staff mm. to find out what anxieties, what stresses they have so that the business can be more understanding and can be more helpful. Yeah, absolutely. To see what interventions to be cut. Because if you think of the sort of mental, because everyone's got a mental health and like most people got a good mental health, but it, it does change. So, um, you know, you want to be in the first part of that graph where, you know, you've got good mental health. It's when you start creeping into the middle of that where anxieties are, that's where we need to act. And that's where we need to, you know, help. Because when we go beyond that, then that's difficult. And when we're in that situation, it's really difficult to mm -hmm. get out of. Mm -hmm. So we're encouraging businesses now to, you know, let's, let's talk about, let's give you a little toolkit of how to sit down. How do you approach this conversation? How do you listen non-judgmentally? And I think most of the time, I mean, I'm a fixer and people have come to me with a problem and I just want to fix it. I think, oh, we can do this, this and this. I can because I'm, I've probably got quite a large stress container. Um, 
but it's not about me fit they've got to fix it mm -hmm. so it's about encouraging them to find out ways of how they can fix the problem not like mm -hmm. me this this and this because to me it might sound really simple yeah i think that's where most mds and you know business leaders come from they think well you know i'm doing all this and why can't they do that but they're not looking at it in the same way so it's hard really hard and do you think as well a gen with different generations in the workplace also thrown into the mix that that adds an extra complication yeah it does and generally <laughs> um you know the older side are struggling a little bit more mm. um, so i mean you know i've got young daughters and who haven't really been affected they've worked all the way through and they're like well what's the problem what's the problem so i think it does you, you do view it a little bit differently as well mm -hmm. uh, that that's that's you know other people who you know I, I can't can't wait to go back it does depend on the person but i do think um you know the the ages are there's there's some of that at play as well not not just not, not trying to be too you know general about it but mm -hmm. Um, that does obviously have a, um, an effect. Yeah. An effect. And from a retention point of view, Helen, what retention strategies are you seeing that are working at the moment, given people working from home and so on? Because retention is a huge, is, is, is really important. So is there anything that businesses can be doing to retain their staff um, in a better way um, during the current pandemic with people working from home? Yeah, and it's it's the, the same old, same old. It's about engagement. So mm -hmm. reviews are absolutely imperative, you know, and a lot of companies have now gone to monthly reviews. Mm -hmm. It's not seeing someone for a month is a long time. So whereas perhaps before they were doing a quarterly review or a half yearly review, they're now doing monthly reviews because it's so important. And that month to some individuals will fly, but to others it will seem like a really long time. Mm -hmm. And if someone's been on their own in, you know, in a flat or, um, you know, if they haven't got family around them, that month is a really long time. And I've, I've been doing reviews for a lot of businesses um, and they say, oh, we really look forward to this. It's someone different to speak to. You get a different perspective on things. So con continuing with reviews is really, really mm -hmm. important and giving them the time to talk. That obviously gives you an insight into how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, what you might expect down the road, you know, are there any things here that are going to show up later on? So that's really important. Um, regular communication uh, and, and to try and get some social um, elements in there as well, some sort of um, group activities and not everybody likes that and, and people are getting fed up and zoomed out and you, you think crikey I can't do another zoom quiz because it's going to drive me crazy but other people still do like it so it's trying to have a, a variety of things mm -hmm. um training and going back to you know skills mm -hmm. and then um a lot of people have been doing new things, have been um, taking the time, particularly if they've been on furlough, they've been able to be to be doing some training as well. So that's been really important. But off, offer that to them because um, that's that's a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. 
Perhaps to give them little projects. I mean, one company I work for, um, they've given um, one of their ladies was to look at a new HR system. So mm -hmm. she used that time to, um, you know, look at different softwares available and, and settle that up. She's been really excited by that. Um, so it's, you know, retaining your good staff is obviously very, very important because you go through all your recruitment and the onboarding. And once you've done all that, you want to you want to retain them. So I think, you know, communication, engagement and to make them feel that they're still part mm -hmm. of business, because mm -hmm. the vast majority of people are feeling as though they're you know they they are disengaged and they they are not forgotten but they're just getting on particularly in some you know like developers they're just yeah uh, developing all day it can be really quite it can be really quite mm -hmm. tough so from a new recruit from from a recruitment perspective then bringing new staff members into a business where everyone's working from home which i've heard a lot of examples of and i know that the business owners have have been a bit concerned as to how do you engage a brand new member of staff who doesn't know the rest of the team and i suppose for current members of staff it is difficult but they know other members of the team they can pick up the phone send them a text so it's a little bit different what do businesses need to be doing where from an engagement perspective when hiring new staff who haven't had an opportunity to even meet anyone else physically yeah i mean it has happened it's happened a lot and actually the last few months we've had quite a bit of recruitment going on so uh, we have been recruiting people and this one you know developer this software company that i'm working for they are they've recruited from um, the Netherlands and Dubai. So, you know, it can, it can work. Um, and again, it's, it's about just trying to involve them and have a, um, you know, a meet and greet with everybody and set up a meeting so that they can meet everybody at least virtually mm -hmm. and then have a social event pretty early on mm -hmm. so that they can meet everybody. Uh, if, if you can try and get some sort of face-to-face -face, um, socially distant, that, that obviously really does help um but i think you know um by if you do the profiling you'll get to know what their behaviors are as well and their personality so you'll know they're a really high influence people person that um communication is really important mm. you have to be really on top of that because they're going to need that because it's part mm. of their behavior if they're a little bit more introvert you know then treat that in the way that you you, you mm -hmm. feel fit but um it's about not overpowering them and not putting them under too much pressure but trying to but there's been a lot of recruitment going on and it really has worked we've seen that as well i mean our business um especially on the permanent side when covid first hit and everyone went working from home it pretty much all just fell flat on its face mm -hmm. Thankfully for us, about 80% of our business is temporary recruitment. So we did really well and we've actually grown on the temp side. But over the past few months, the perm business has just went through the roof, which has been great. So do you think that during an uh, a recruitment process then, well, interview process, shall I say, it's important, do you think it would be worthwhile employers asking potential candidates 
how to keep them engaged and motivated when working from home so that they know exactly the best ways to get the best out of them. Absolutely. I mean, you know, ask them, ask them the question, you know, how can um and, and you'll you'll get to know how what makes them tick, what makes them work, you know, you'll get to know that. But um um when I've been doing my profiling, I've I've actually said, right, we're gonna have to, you know, do a lot in this area with this person because they are very gregarious, they are very positive, they want, they like people around them. So we're gonna have to make them feel really wanted, really part of the team. So, but you know, ask them. And, and they know obviously what they're coming into. It's not going to be as normal as it probably would be. But then, you know, I mean, I've done, I've done loads and loads of, well, everything I've done probably has been over Zoom and obviously some not so very nice meetings as well. But I also find that actually some of these meetings are more intimate in a way. Mm. because you know there's you and that person on the screen you can't be sort of looking around to see what else is going on yeah. and you do gel more mm. um, so and a, a, a guy who was taken on for a business a few weeks ago I've spent so much time with him and then he went into the office and I was on a call and he says oh I heard the familiar voice straight mm. away you know and I thought crikey you know that that's even working but remotely so I agree up. with that. I mean, I only, <clears throat> excuse me, I only just moved down to the West Midlands in October um, to set up the office alongside John. Um, and I've not met any, all of the new business connections that I've made since being down here have been over Zoom. And I've actually got a small group of people that I've met who are now classes friends and who I speak to two or three times a week. And we have a joke about it and think, and I say, I don't even know how tall you are or anything, but we've been able to build up that relationship purely by Zoom. And I'm so excited to be able to meet them, to meet them personally. So I do agree that Zoom has worked and has enhanced relationships, but I guess it's all dependent on the type of person that you're meeting with on Zoom as well. Yes. <clears throat> And, um, you know, one of the things, and I should have mentioned this before, um, whilst doing reviews, what does worry me is if I'm doing a review and someone hasn't got the camera on. Yes. That's like, um, I say, you know, is everything okay? You know, it's a bit of a warning sign. And, and most of the times I say, oh, it's just because, um, you know, I'm in, I'm in the bedroom and partner's in bed or something. That's fine. You know, I get that. But if it's continued, that's... Mm warnings that why don't you want us to see you is there a problem you know that sort of thing so that is something to uh, to watch out for Definitely. but um I do think that you can make the most of it and uh, you know one of my clients down in Northamptonshire who I used to see regularly but now it's like daily and it's all zoom and I just feel as I know them so much mm -hmm. better mm -hmm. so much more communication you know so it has it has really worked Great. Well, Helen, it's been a pleasure to have you. Um, the last question I've got, which we ask everyone, is whether it be in the West Midlands People podcast, what is it that you love about the West Midlands? The West Midlands, well, being the East Midlander by, um, by birth, <laughs> lived here a long, long time now. Um, it's just so diverse. You know, that's what I probably like about it the most. It's just 
I mean, I work with so many different businesses, so many different types of people. Um, and I just think, uh, yeah, it's a great place to be. Like being very much in that, that centre. Mm-hmm. So, um, geographically, you can sort of get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I've lived it since moving down here. I mean, I've never been outside of Newcastle in my life <laughs> and moved down. And you're right, it is diverse. And everyone's been really lovely and really welcoming as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Second home for me now. Mm-hmm. Helen, thank you so much. Thank you. It's yeah, been a pleasure to speak to you. Thank and you. We'll speak to you again soon. Fantastic. Thank you very Bye, much. Helen. Thank you. Bye bye.